Hip-hop hands. Hip-hop? Hip-hop anonymous. Hip-hop-hippopotamus. You want anything to drink? Sure. What you got? Uh, water, really. All right, I'll take water. It'll be, be nice having a, a new COVID. Yeah, it's been a while. Mm. It's been a while. Always enjoy and a fresh, fresh new disease. Yeah, especially the way it makes us go politics. Mm. We need that, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, whoever cures it has my vote. Okay. <laughs> I think that's what Bill Gates is working on, or something. Today I am joined by a good friend of mine, Brenda Ryder, artist, muralist, freestylist, handwritten art, uh, I don't know what the word would be, uh, muralist. Yep, all those words, I um, like them all. And amazing human. Thank you. And uh, it's, it, I'm always repping your gear on the show. You are, I like that. And uh, in, my, in my daily life as well. Uh-huh. And I get a lot of compliments on it. And I'm like, yeah, check out his stuff. I'm always sending people your way. Heck yeah. I like that. Word of mouth. I'm repping too. I got the smaller version. I but took uh, I took one of your shirts. I think the one of the old ones that I've had for the longest, long time was like the white one. Yeah. The color started to shrink up on me so I could cut it all out. And uh, now it just looks like, uh, I look very like, uh, I don't know. I look like I live in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> then come visit. Come visit and wear that. I will. I'll fit right in. Yeah. But I'm not going up there now. Not with your no. cold weather bullshit. No, no. You have to wait a few months. 
you'll be gone for a while. I've been in New York for two of the seasons, summertime and fall, but I've not been there for winter. Yeah, winter's, winter's a little tough, man. I mean, it was a little, like, there was some snow flurry and slush on the ground, but there was nothing like full snow. Yeah. I, I haven't even experienced a real full snow, though, in a while. The winters have been light, thanks to global warming, I guess. Sweet. It's, it's all working out. Yeah. We got new diseases, new hot earth. Hot earth. Hot earth. That's, that's, it just needs a rebrand. Yeah, not, yeah. Not, not global warming. Right, right. We're going with like, hot, hot earth. Uh, Bikram earth. Right? <laughs> Bikram? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It took me a second. I'm like, Bikram, Bikram. Yoga. You know, Bikram. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You guys just get ready for hot earth. Hot earth theory. Coming to a planet near you. Hot earth summer. Hot girl summer. <laughs> <laughs> so what makes this the alligator couch? Is it just the presence of the alligator on the look couch? At, look at this leather. It's oh, it's made of alligator? See the little squares. See, okay. See the skin. It's the flesh. I think I get it now. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't it. like really pick up on camera, but when you actually like sit here and look at it, you're like, is this? Yeah, it is. It's either alligator or crocodile. Well, crocodiles. One of the two. Depends on where it's from, but they're usually like very bumpy. You can. You can crocodiles make... are grown in a particular place in France, right? <laughs> exactly. That's what makes them? The Loire Valley. Okay. <laughs> also where they have all the good wine and the alligators protect the wine obviously yeah yeah it's an ecosystem mm. symbiotic ecosystem of sorts yeah hot earth summer yeah <laughs> coming this winter you know i was joking about it on one of the previous episodes i'm like i just you know i kind of want to go out and catch all these invasive species that we seem to collect and just bring them to other places so that they know what it's like and just make everywhere florida yeah. <laughs> Could be a business. Oh, yeah. We can, uh, we can, how would you, flo Floridaize? Floridify. Floridify. Floridify the world. Floridify the world. Yeah. They don't know that we're coming. They'll never see it coming. They'll never see it coming. So what have you been up to? What have I been up to? Well, I've been, uh, you know, kind of up to the same stuff I'm usually up to, making art, traveling, aggressively uh, promoting myself on all relevant social media networks. Meeting amazing hip-hop celebrities. Yes, meeting a lot of uh, famous hip-hop people. And in the last two months, I met and gave my art to 50 Cent, Damn. LL Cool J, Snoop Dogg, and Busta Rhymes. That's amazing. And so you've met Busta before, haven't you? Yeah. Well, yes and no. Like I, I met, I met Busta like a month ago at this event in Long Island where he was um, doing like a meet and greet. Oh, nice. And it was like uh, part of the promotion for his brand new album. It's called Blockbuster. So the album just came out. So he's been doing a tour to promote that. So I went to this record store in Long Island. I bought his album, he autographed it, and I gave him my art, the handwritten art tribute to hip hop, which is just a collection of names of rappers. So I gave that to him. 
but technically that was my second time meeting him. But the first time I met him was over 20 years ago before I even became like an artist. Yeah, uh, I, I worked at his record label. I saw that. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. I saw that picture of you, like young Renda, that you posted the other day. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, holy shit. Yeah, that's young such, Renda. Such a little baby. Uh huh. <laughs> I think I was probably um, 23, maybe. I was probably like 23 years old in that picture. How old are you now? I'm 45. You don't look like it, man. Thank you. You look older. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. <laughs> No, you, you have an amazing uh, youth about you. No Thank matter, you. like, I think you could be full, like, white hair and, and bald, and you would still have the energy of, you know, a young man. Yeah, well, that's, um, that's what happens when you do what you love, you know? Yeah. If you're doing what you love and you, you're genuinely happy, at least for the majority of your days, <laughs> um, it'll keep you young. It definitely does. Today has not been a, a, a very happy day for me. Like, I was supposed to go do improv, and I've just been, I don't know, in kind of a funk, in a in a mood, and, you know. Oh, so you didn't go at all? At six, you didn't go at all? I, I didn't do anything. I, uh, I'm, I've just been bummed out. Okay. Anything particular bumming you, or just, uh, like... Like, I, I had uh, this feeling that I was getting things on the right track about, like, like getting... A new vehicle because my vehicle's broken, and I recently returned a truck. I was using a service called Vroom, and uh, don't use them; they suck. And uh, you know, they give you a seven-day grace period to see if you like the vehicle. And I was like, I kind of want something with more features. Yeah. So I, I made that process happen, and they didn't even call me to let me know that my vehicle wasn't available because I did everything on the phone with the like I picked my new vehicle on the website and everything so when they came to pick up my vehicle they didn't have anything to drop off I'm like wait a minute like I have no no wheels right now yeah and kind of just it's it's been I just feel sour about it so I'm not going to use that service to to get a truck now I'm just going to go with like Carvana and I've already had like good luck and searching for something in my price range with the stuff that I want, so. Carvana? Yeah. You've used them in the past? No, this is the first time, oh. but I was trying to use Vroom, and, because uh, I've went to every Ford dealership, and, like, I've been looking around for different opportunities for vehicles, and. Yeah. I just, I, I'm tired of going places where they don't have the availability, and it's just like, all right, I'll go to the internet, They'll say that they have it or that they won't. Yeah. But when I... Uh, I got a friend that just opened up a used car dealership in Hollywood called Cars & Co. Hmm. Cars & Company. Um, I could connect you with them if you want. I don't know. I'm trying to get a hybrid truck. I was driving a Ford Maverick with like 100 miles on it. I liked it. Yeah. But, you know, that's the vehicle that I want to go with into the future. Because I've had that... You've seen my old Kia. I've had that thing since 2011. Yeah. But whatever. I've just been, like, pissed off about it. About, you know, I guess me not doing my due diligence. Mad at myself. I feel you. It happens. Yeah. And, uh, haven't been doing the editing for this, even though, like, I've 
made a lot of progress. It's just like, every time I get a little bit further, I get more content to record and things start to like get staggered back. I need like more people on the team. I need yeah. somebody who is good at editing and doesn't take two weeks to make a video. Yeah. I think the world needs a lot of uh, more, more editors. I feel like everybody has stuff to edit now. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of content. Yeah. But, you know, I've just been getting out of my funk. Was, that's where I'm at. You're on your way out of the funk. Yeah. Uh, both, like, mentally, spiritually, and physically. Like, I'm... I'm on the mend, getting better. Maybe you need a Cambo session. Are you familiar with Cambo? Oh, that would be a good idea. Yeah, bro. I know a girl that does it here in Miami. Who? Um, her name, I believe, is Claudia. Is she a little blonde chick? No. Oh, okay. I'll look her up again on Facebook, and I'll get you her info for sure, but... Like, she travels a lot, and she's not even in Miami a lot, and then she only does Cambo, like, at certain times and stuff, but point is, she's doing it, like, now, like, this week. Like, I saw her post something on Facebook saying, like, I'm in Miami, I'm doing Cambo sessions, it's like $100 or something. Shit. But do you know what Cambo is? Yeah, it's toad venom. Yeah. So. They do little scars on your skin. Yeah, they'll right? do, like, four dots, or even, like, up to eight. They burn a hole in your skin. They put the frog venom in the burnt hole. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. Like, I've got tattoos. I'm no stranger to, like, mutilations. <laughs> yeah, it's a mutilation of sort, but it's a, a purification, you know? It's a, a puring, a cleansing. Yeah. I did it, I think, twice. I've, I've done uh, ayahuasca, and I've done peyote, and mushrooms, and other psychoactive drugs and like I, I enjoy expanding my horizon and it's definitely make made me more grounded and more developed as a human yeah where'd you do ayahuasca uh i did that in north miami oh yeah yeah uh they had a, a shaman come up from south america and they had a the shaman and their translator and they had it at this 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 place that is like friendly to traveling uh medicine practitioners and it was it was nice i had a good time that's cool i uh i didn't have like a lot of like uh dark uh work to go through like i had maybe like 10 percent anxiety and then i was just like this is this everything is okay it's like i'm i'm safe and like it's just a new a new thing yeah and then all of that anxiety washed out and i was just Filled with love and fucking, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Heck yeah. I gotta do that. I've never done ayahuasca. I did, um, San Pedro. Okay. Which is like another. Cactus. A what? It's cactus, right? Yeah, I think so. I did that and I've done Cambo, but I would like to do ayahuasca. And now that we're thinking about it, like I said, I might even see if she's doing Cambo tomorrow. I might, I might be down. Ah. I didn't have work tomorrow. That's that would be a sweet journey to go yeah. on. 
you uh you poop a lot and throw up a lot. You know, you get kind of like a diarrhea throw up kind of combo. That's well, yeah, that's, 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 that's what you're going for. That's com- the, the cleansing. The com the cambo combo. The cambo combo. <laughs> uh, I don't mind it. either one of those. Yeah, like, man. Uh, when I've done ayahuasca, I've thrown up, and you know, luckily like that property had like a bathroom, so I could yeah. I could go shit. Yeah. So, but. A lot of times you're out in nature and it's just like you, you shit where you're at. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> just go. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I could use some medicine. Yeah, sounds like it. You've been grounding at all? You, you do much grounding? No, I've been having uh, a lot of weird sleep interruptions. Like I've been going from not having enough sleep to having too much mm. and uh, I just have wild ass fucking dreams yeah like yeah. like not so good dreams like nightmares no, they're, they're, they're just like far out and like like I'm peeking through the veil of reality or like parallel fucking worlds uh-huh. so it's just like it's interesting and uh it kind of bumps me out when I have to come back here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, ah, man, there was so much cool shit over there. I had children and a wife. <laughs> All in the world. I have a lot of dreams about losing stuff. I just have, like, dreams that I lost my phone, I lost my laptop, I lost my wallet. I don't know. I guess this my dreams are connected to my anxieties or whatever, but obviously I have a fear of losing, losing stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's totally normal. Yeah. I know <clears throat> my regular co-host, Gif, when he's here, he always has this, a dream about losing his fucking firearm, and I'm like, you are just irresponsible. You, yeah. should, you shouldn't be a gun owner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I've had that dream once, and I'm like, all right, everything is secure, and then I can not have this dream again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Kip. You're irresponsible when you drink too much. <laughs> Anything else? I love you. And you smell great. <laughs> you smell great. Mm. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't know if we're gonna do much of a long episode, but I uh, I want to show the world that I am actually friends with the guy that I say I'm friends with. That is my <laughs> saying right there. In case he wears it often, your comfort zone will kill you. A statement I came up with in 2012. It was part of a poem. Now I'm an artist, a visual artist, but all my art comes from my poetry. And that's one of my more well-known sayings. Check them out on Instagram. Where can people find you? Uh, they can go to yourcomfortzonewillkillyou.com. Yourcomfortzonewillkillyou.com. And then my also randerwriter.com, just my name.com. I also have gratefulforhiphop.com. You've worn that shirt also. Mm-hmm. GratefulForHipHop.com and WorldPeaceMuralTour.com What about your social stuff? Uh, it's just Randa Writer pretty much. Instagram, Randa Writer. Uh, TikTok. Yeah. All that. YouTube. Trying to build up my YouTube. At this very moment, I'm trying to build up my YouTube and my TikTok. I'm trying to build up them a little more. Get them to kind of where my Instagram is. Yeah. I, uh, I have work to do on the TikTok. Like, that's I've gotten all the major like 
uh, podcast platform things done and out of the way, but I'm going to have to go into, like, I have the account ready to, to do TikTok for this, and and it's just like... More editing. It's more... Right? More yeah. editing. Everything is editing. But luckily, uh, our AI overlords have seen fit to uh, make algorithms that can provide, like, you know, decent reels and shorts and TikToks. Yeah. So... I'm, AI. I'm, I'm excited for AI. Everybody is always so scared. It's like, you know, we've been scared of everything. We've been there's, always, there's always something to be scared of. We've been scared of the internet. We've been scared of the virus. We've been scared of all of these things. There was a time when we were scared of blacks. Yeah, you know what I mean. Scared of the gays. Yeah, you know what I mean. mean? Like they're both very scary. Yeah, <laughs> but you know that just goes to show how stupid fear can be. You know. Yeah, but it's just like I, I, I await. Like, if I said it the other day, I felt I was like, if I can have um, an AI robot overlord, technically, mm. through some sort of weird like logical thinking I could have a robot wife and robot kids <laughs> yeah no that's um yeah that's assumed to be reality yes my consciousness will stay forever yeah we just um you'll pass down your consciousness and oh. your will to your clone I will be a digital vampire do have you heard about how the, all these like conspiracy theories about how Jamie Foxx has been cloned and Kanye West has been cloned, and Eminem has been cloned. I don't know. I, I Why guess, are they getting younger or something? Uh, I don't know. I haven't gone deep down the rabbit hole. I've heard the Jamie Foxx one. Yeah, the Jamie Foxx one is very prevalent. I feel like the other. It's, it's only because he had like that, uh, like really, uh, he had some sort of sickness or illness wrong with him. Yeah, I mean, there's so much. Yeah, it, it depends on the rabbit hole you want to go down. But yes, he got sick. He was in the hospital and he almost died, whatever that means. But he almost died. He was very sick, whatever that means. Like, mm -hmm. there, there was no real descript. And then when, then he also released a movie called They Tried to Clone Tyrone. The movie was about cloning. And then him, the star, gets sick, comes out of the hospital. People think he looks different after he came out of the hospital. Then there's also a bit of an overlap with all like the Puff Daddy conspiracy theories because allegedly Jamie Foxx had attended a lot of Puffy's parties and had a lot of dirt on him. So it appeared as though Jamie Foxx was going to die in the hospital because a lot of people around Puff, especially those that try to express <coughs> the truth about Puff and up dying. So I don't know. But then there's also... the the. A lot of this, a lot of that is just BS. But the part that kind of intrigues me is like, supposedly he had a big tattoo on his head, and then when he got out of the hospital, he didn't have it anymore. Who? Which one? Jamie Foxx. Is a tattoo? Yeah, it's supposedly he has a tattoo on the back of his head, so I get like up here, so you don't see it when his hair is grown out. But when he rocks his hair bald in that area, he has like wings or something on the back of his head. But then apparently when he came out of the hospital, he didn't have it. And then, you know, I try to like, all this stuff is funny and entertaining and, and whatever, intriguing. But I also like to 
focus on my life and oh, the part yeah. I make. So yeah. I don't got the whole story, but I do know that like there was some point he came out. I saw some video where he like threw a basketball and like got it in the net, but from like full court, you know, like full, an entire basketball court away. And then people were like analyzing the video and talking about whether or not it was him or it was a clone. <laughs> but he had on like a beanie, like just covering the spot where the tattoo would be, <laughs> you know, and this was after the internet had already spent like a month or so buzzing about his tattoo disappeared. So whatever, I'm just saying, I saw this clip. I'm only a casual Jamie Foxx conspiracy theorist, okay. but I saw that clip and was like, oh, so why is he wearing this hat that just covers where the tattoo would have been? Or I don't know. Anyways. Hey man, you know, on the, on the other side of that, there's like, the celebrity buzz machine. There's people whose jobs there are in Hollywood, in social media, to keep people relevant and yeah. to, to design these little pieces. And like, yeah, we things. only a few of these things like catch fire and will spread. Yeah, there's a bunch of things that they do and they manufacture that it's just like, oh yeah, we we tried this model or this thing, and it's just like you know, there's 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 more to it than just. A and B, there's yeah all the gray. Yeah, that's so why I, I like. Um, I've been listening to this thing, Sean Ryan podcast. You ever heard of him? No, I just watched the the Cat Williams thing though. Oh, you did? I watched that. I watched the full Cat Williams interview. You watched the full thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, bro. He's there's like I take everything with a grain of salt. You yeah, know? as you should. Everything should come with a grain of salt. But um, no, I thought it was cool. Of course, some of it was gossipy stuff about other comedians and stuff. But I really like just the motivational parts. Just where he talks like he's just living proof of like envisioning a reality that you want and then stepping right into it. You yeah. know, doing the work also, doing the work, having talent, all that. But then being a giver silently without yeah. any like not, he doesn't go for recognition. Yeah. No, he's, uh, if you don't know who Cat Williams is, look up, hit the, just type in Cat Williams and, um, yeah, <laughs> that interview with, um, who was the guy that interviewed him? Uh, Shay Sh Shay? Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp, yeah. Shannon Sharp. Here, let's take a little break and go into the kitchen. Yeah, I've always been a fan of Cat Williams. I like to move the episodes around nowadays. Alright. We're gonna go in the bathroom too? Oh yeah. You know we going in there. These are my dirty dishes from cooking. <clears throat> I'll get you another bottle there. My fridge is Do you need a ride anywhere? I got my mom's car here right now. No, I'm not trying to go out anywhere. I'm just, you know, I'm resigned to being okay with my transport. What are you doing tomorrow, though? Uh, you need a ride to work? I, what time you got to be in? I'm going to Fort Lauderdale. Uh, I got to be up there by six. I can definitely get you there by six, yeah. That'd be great. That'd be uh, great. Or earlier? 
Earlier is fine. I, I usually go up earlier because I don't like to sit in the crazy traffic. Yeah, yeah. Like I usually, I cut out of here around three just because it gets crazy. Yeah. I appreciate you. You got some Colin Brown? Uh, I, I take it sometimes. That's my roommate's. But I'll do, I'll do a little ad for it right now. This episode of the Alligator Podcast. Sweep your ass today with Colin Broom. <laughs> if that's not their logo, it should be. <clears throat> oh, you know what I need? This is fucking vitamin U. Emergency, yeah. Yeah, the knockoff uh, CBS version. Nice. It's all the same shit. I drink tap water and I support AI. Take that, America. of the show like, yeah it kind of it just shows that you know I'm a real human I don't try to cover up my mistakes and you're you're here along with me thank you for watching I will also make no mistakes he doesn't make any mistakes I make them all <laughs> I've given my mistakes to Casey and I have exclusive right they're yours now No, I don't think I have. Maybe once. Maybe the first time I was here or something. Well, you came here back when Patricia lived here, right? Uh, I think so, yeah. How long you been here? Uh, going on five years, I think. That's cool. Been shooting the episodes back here recently. The only thing is, it's uh, it's hard to get good sound just because we got fucking airport like several oh, miles yeah, away. Yeah. But it's cool. They added this little gym. Good. Yeah. Oh, nice! Make a pretty light. What you got in there? Uh, storage, dead bodies, hookers mostly. Nice. But I've been trying to trying to get better sound out here. And this is uh oh you know what? I'm gonna grab my tape.
where I don't have to come out and touch the grass. Yeah, that's why you can do some grounding. Roll around in the dirt. But Professional cameraman. <coughs> I, I never know. <laughs> this is my next uh, paper, bro. Uh, this is my. <laughs> I was uh, I was using this at work. Sure. I was using this at work, and you know, if you've ever seen one of these in Miami, it's something that you know from taking ecstasy. Because when you fucking, when you're rolling and you just like, you inhale, it just like hypes up your entire fucking nervous system. Yeah, yeah. So everyone's like, oh, are you rolling? I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> I've been doing this at work for days, so like, I've been taking ecstasy every single day. <laughs> ecstasy and orange juice in the morning. I can't fucking find any good drugs anymore. I just give up. All I, the, I, that's probably the point, huh? That's what they want to hear. Who's they? Who's they? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just about to say. Because there are like a lot the, of days that want you doing like drugs. Drug it's like, ah, oh, no. It's big wellness. He figured me out. <laughs> big wellness wants you sober. <laughs> Man, I don't know. Kids are doing weird stuff these days. I just heard about this like pink powder that has like cocaine, ecstasy, and like two other and acid. Like it's got like everything in this pink powder. Kids are doing it these days. And I'm just like, really? What's it called? Does I it have like a street name? It's pink powder. I guess it's one of the. I think I heard it called being called pixie dust or something like that, but. I've never seen this shit. It could all just be a rumor. Yeah, media hoax. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. That's what killed Jamie Foxx and cloned him. Yeah. <laughs> and Kanye. And Kanye. Shit. So why do they say Kanye is uh, cloned? Uh, is, I don't know. Is it because he's calming down finally? No, I don't know. I, I, you gotta go down those rabbit holes and watch the videos of these YouTubers. I want like, your opinion, though. I don't, uh, I don't my care. opinion is that he's not cloned at all. Who is? I don't know. Maybe nobody. But I do believe that they can clone people. I'm sure. 100%. They, they can they they, do that as soon as they do. Actually, you know what? It's not even a question anymore, like, of do you believe it or not. There are companies you can go to their website. Like, I, I looked into it. What I forgot what led me down this rabbit hole, but I was somehow on the cloning kick, researching it a little. And then I found, like, this company, and it was just, like, suchandsuch.com. And so I went there, and it was all, like very 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 legit like how you sign up to be cloned nice. but what I didn't understand was like uh, it's really just like from what I gather from what I saw it seems like it's just like a surrogate pregnancy it's almost like in vitro like it doesn't s it's not like in the movies yeah yeah like they're just it's just having a baby but then I guess that baby has to grow up to reach the age you were yeah, it's not like Star Wars where they have 
accelerated growth, like right. that would take a lifespan. Yeah. To be able to do that. So that's what I don't get. I, I don't <coughs> But they could definitely clone people. Yeah. They cloned a sheep like thirty years ago. Yeah, in the nineties. Yeah. It's so it, for anyone who wasn't around then, we were. Yeah. Uh, they did it. Dolly was the first sheep. Right. But this was a company in Canada that was the first thing that we knew about. Right. That so was they were probably cloning before that. But uh but the Sean Ryan podcast I was saying before, Sean Ryan is an ex-CIA agent and an ex-Navy uh, SEAL, and now he has a podcast, but he interviews, like, it's kind of like all, like, the smart people from Joe Rogan. You know, like, Joe Rogan has a lot of, like, scientists and philosophers, and then he has, like, comedians and stuff? Yeah. This guy, like, just has those kind of, just the intelligent, really intriguing. It's a lot of like government workers, like Area 51, like that guy Bob Greer, okay. the whistleblower, yeah, the yeah, UFO, yeah. he had him on. He's got like the guy that like has Epstein's black book, like all this crazy shit. So yeah. What a world we live in, where all of this crazy information that sounds like too, too good to be true is coming out. It's just whirling around. And who knows? How much of it is true? Question everything, man. Always, uh, what's the fifth agreement? Uh, always, always be skeptical. Always be skeptical. Yes, yes. A healthy dose of skepticism is good. Yeah. I heard a quote that said, um, pessimists are more accurate and optimists achieve more. like makes so much sense like that like rocked me i think i heard that in a commercial i was watching some youtube video and then it cut to a commercial and the commercial kind of led with that quote i forgot what the commercial was even for but procrastination maybe <laughs> but they said pessimists are more accurate optimists achieve more Damn. deep yeah maybe that'll be the title for the episode yeah let's do it pessimists are more accurate, optimists achieve more. I'll do both. Yeah. And simultaneously less. <laughs> that's that's the key, man. Somewhere in the middle. Balance. Balance is key for everything. Yeah. Be aware of the extremes, be aware of the opposites, and pick where you reside in the middle of it. Yeah, I uh, I always try to achieve balance within like my masculine and my feminine side because there are people that, you know, they swing one way and that works for them. But for me, I found out, like, when I was in the military and trying to be a fucking, uh, you know, macho fucking idiot all the time, like, that obviously didn't work for me. And the times where I was soft in my life, I was a fucking doormat. And, you know, I would, I shouldn't say soft, like, I, when I was expressing more feminine qualities, the softer side. Yeah. I would say I was taken advantage of by people with more masculine energy, not just men, you know, women too. Yep. But where I found my balance and my power is somewhere like right floating in the middle. Yeah. No, I agree. The middle's a good place. Mm -hmm. Step to the extremes when you need to, you know, but... Be able to pivot. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of fluidity is good. You've always... Uh, been somebody who I highly admire and you always are like a championship at human being at manifesting things and 
real quick, can you just tell my audience like like a little bit about your life and like how you kept leveling up? All the things I've manifested, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, for those that don't know, my name is Renda Ryder, and I'm an artist. But I wasn't always just an artist. I was. Uh, but what I always have been is just a person that is into manifesting what he wants and what he needs. You know, like create your own reality. I mean, my bio, in short, the way I became an artist, I often tell it like this: like I was just a kid that grew up listening to a lot of hip hop. 80s and 90s hip-hop I was also just kind of a nerd in school so I was like just very serious about school about getting good grades about doing my homework about my homework being done correctly and looking good like neat I was kind of neurotic so it wasn't just about getting good grades it was also about like doing everything like right academically and making everything look good so I did that and you know that's the kind of like high school middle school and high school student that I was and then that kind of fit in with this like childhood obsession with hip-hop so it's like I would listen to hip-hop I would like write out the lyrics the songs I was listening to I would write the lyrics really neat and then I would do the same thing with the notes I was taking in class and things like that but hip-hop got me into words being into words then I got into poetry and I did poetry, writing and recording and performing poetry for over a decade. But all that poetry that I did and everything that I did in the poetry world that got me into that space where all the artists were, then I got into hosting events and I was hosting events for poets, but also for comedians and rappers and singers and musicians. And then that eventually brought me to the place where I realized uh, I could take my love for words visual. So I became an artist. But, you know, became is in quotes because I just evolved. Yeah. I, I'm just always myself, but I evolved. And so everything I've always done has been about words. And now that's what I do. I write words really big, really small, repeatedly, over and over. And I travel. Yeah. And then I go do it again. We'll do it excellent like meditative practice I, yeah. I'm guessing as well it's like the, the more you write out I am or I will or you know anything with the possessive of like I yeah. like you bring that closer to you or you bring yourself closer to it yeah no 100% and those are the things that like you hear about maybe you watch people on YouTube or you read certain books or whatever about manifesting about the law of attraction about creating the reality you want about the power of affirmations and all that stuff is cool like in theory but when you have a way to apply it to your own life and apply it like in a way that you enjoy uh, you really just start to see how real it is like that that's what I'm saying like that's me I'm living proof like I do write out these affirmations and the word love and like I write positive stuff and it works for me it works for the people that buy my art like it just it just works you are what you write you know you are what you say you are what you think you are the energy you give off you attract the energy you give off like all this stuff it's kind of redundant it just overlaps once you get like really into it you realize how easy everything is I was saying the other day to my girlfriend like uh, I said 
we were talking about something and then it reminded me of a saying that I have that I've been using for a while. And so I said to her like, yeah, it's like this saying that I have put in my art and now that I'm thinking about it, I should do it again. But the saying is, the hard part is realizing that it's easy. And that applies to everything and uh, to life in general. But with anything, it's like the only thing that is hard is breaking away from the idea that it's hard. Yeah. So when you believe something is hard, whether it's like a particular task, like I got to assemble this furniture for my career, <coughs> or maybe it's like a more longer thing, like I got I to gotta go to medical school and become a doctor, you know, like whatever it is, the hard part is realizing that it's easy. Like the hard part is just escaping the mentality of calling it hard. Yeah. You know, labeling something is hard, and then giving Everybody it that power, it yeah. you know, now, okay, now it is hard because you just said it's hard. But when you realize it's easy and that it can be anything and that it can be everything, yeah. you know, like everything is easy once you kind of like, you know, unlock it, like figure out the hack, like, like understand it better. And that might come through just practice and repetition. It might even come from like stepping away for a minute and yeah. like seeing it from a different angle you know it could come from all different things but bottom line is the hard part is realizing that it's easy and that it can be anything that it can be life itself so when you say life is hard you know whatever you know you could believe that you could hang out with people that affirm that belief you yeah. can all sit around and have a whole group of friends that believes life is hard and then you're probably all gonna have a hard life but yeah. if you um if you realize it's easy and you're there. That made me think of somebody who I've encountered recently who's like, they're going through all of this like toxic shit with their mom and their mom is like, like regressed to the point of like where the, the kid, like their, their kid is now taking care of them and they're an older parent. And I'm like, well, if, if these are the roles that you're like, complaining to me about it, don't complain about them because I'm going to call them out to you. I'm like, yeah. you, you definitely, like, uh, what's the word, uh, you engage with it, what's the fucking word, uh, enable it. You enable it, and it, it'll keep coming to you, and I'm like... Enable it and even empower it, Yeah, you know? And I, I was saying to them, like, if you really want to, like, be free of this, and I, I knew what was going to happen. I'm like, you're not going to want to hear what I have to say just because you're not ready right now. And they thought I was going to make a joke. And I'm like, no. Like, it's, I'm like, you have to communicate with your parent. And you have, to, you have to lay down these boundaries and enforce them as you would a child. If they're going to behave like a child, yeah. treat them like one. And see if that's what snaps it out. And that's what gives you back your peace in your life. Like... You're in control. They're they're giving you all of the control. They're making you their parent. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, stop. If you re if you really want to stop, you'll stop. But you know, I and just I have to sprinkle this stuff in in light doses because people aren't ready to hear that when it's like somebody doesn't agree with them and it snaps them out of their fucking circle. Yeah. The hard part is seeing that it's easy. Yeah. Like I was about to say in my mind, I'm listening. I'm like, yeah stuff with family is hard and then in my head i heard myself say that and i'm like nah it isn't nah because 
Yes, family stuff can be hard. Generally, it's accepted. Like, yeah, lots of people have family problems, especially even like when you're an adult and you have older, older parents and whatever. But even with that, it's not that hard. If you want to see how easy it is, try the try the very easy practice of just telling the truth, of just telling your parents what you feel yeah. or what you think. You yeah. know, like it is as simple as that. It's just like different words, maybe different repercussions, a different vibe. It might be something different than you're used to, but that's what's going to get you different results. Yeah, but there's what they're receiving right now is they're still getting the payoff from this ex energy exchange. Yeah. They still get to be pitied. They still get to have people's attention. They, people still have people in their life saying, oh, poor you. You you got to deal with your mom this way. Like, they're, yeah. they're getting a payoff for it. And it's like, you know, when does the payoff outweigh your peace? Yeah. And your peace is always on top. If you want it to be. Yeah. Can be. If you really want it. Yeah, peace is your priority. Then, whatever your priorities are is what you get. Whether you're conscious or not conscious of those priorities and how you prioritize things, a lot of people are conscious. They just they just do they just floating through life. It's okay too. Yeah, it's not, wrong not, with that. not not a judgment thing. It's just like you know there are people that like that is that's where they're they're supposed to be. That's part of their journey. Yeah. And if you're if you've gotten past that part of your journey and you're learning what the rest is, like you get to be in support of other people who have either been where you are or you've been where they are. Yep. Our journeys overlap. Yep. That's where it gets real interesting. Yeah. Nobody has their own journey in a vacuum, you know. Oh. And here's our journeys right here overlapping. Casey and I, our journeys have overlapped many, many times. Yeah, I'm, I'm proud every time they do. Like, I, I, uh, I always uh, like if Renda comes into my life, that means like you know if he's he's bringing some of his magic with him, mm -hmm. and uh, sprinkle it, and I get I get a little a little bit of that magic, and I it helps me remember that you know it's not just his magic, it's my magic too. Hell yeah, yeah, it's like a namaste principle, you know? Yeah. yeah what it is you're 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 a great reminder and a great friend of the the power that we all have within us thank you man thank you yeah that's what i enjoy doing we all have power humans are incredibly capable you know of magical things we really are but a lot of us just don't we're not aware but that's cool we all play our part like different Different pieces on the chessboard. Yeah. You know, different people in the community. Like, we all play a role. So, figure out what your role is and play it. And then, after you play a certain role for a while, see if you're ready for some sort of an upgrade. Play a different role. Yeah. A role of more importance. A role with more control. You know. Or one with less control. Yeah, yeah. You can do that too. <laughs> you can move laterally. You can move in whatever direction. You Cause, know. Because I've always been the type of person who has a need for control. And yeah. I, I understand my needs. And yeah. I know when to let go of control. And even in doing that, I still have control of letting go. Yeah. No, you're right. It's the irony of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can control or not control whatever you want. And the, the real reality is, like, none of us are ever in control. It's yeah. just an illusion. But it's something that works to our benefit to even have the illusion of control. 
Yeah. And the illusion of I I wouldn't even say it's an illusion. Like the the pure manifestation is like these things are already happening. And like you either lean into it or lean away from it. Yeah, that's true. Everything is happening. And what's your part in it? Are you part of everything or are you separate? But nothing's really separate. We're all one, so. We are all one. One love. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Nice little chime to, to end our, our round one, <laughs> round two, going in. It's chime, chime time. Um, where? Oh, that's not. I used to have my uh, the one that's hanging in that window. You can't see it on the camera, but that one came from uh, my mom, and it was like uh, one of the things that I always bring with me from place to place, uh, and like sometimes. There's no air moving in the house. And that little thing will jingle and we'll go. Mom, mom's yeah. around. Well, mom reminder. Yeah. I like that. Speaking into that, like, the feeling of loss. It's, uh, it's another thing that, you know, as humans we struggle to, to cope with. And it's... For me, I, I, I got there sooner than most people in their life, and I, whether fortunately or unfortunately enough, I've lost both my parents. I lost my mom when I was like 21, and like it set me on a journey of growth and self-knowledge, and like that, that really kind of kicked off like my path of peace was was like having that what I perceived loss, and then having the realization later that. I can never lose my mother's love. I can never lose my fondness of my childhood. Like, all of that is, you know, still there. Even though my parents were not great parents, it's, you know, you still have your mom and your dad. I, I don't hate either of them, but they were, you know, they did the best they could with what they had. Mm -hmm. And their best is not as good as some others, but it's not a contest. Yeah. And, uh, how do you stand on like the loss of uh, the the perceived feeling of loss? Um, I guess I kind of, you know, in a way, don't believe in it. You know what I mean? There like, you go. You never truly lose anything. If you, anything you lose is going to turn into something that you gain in some other realm. You know, so it transforms. Yeah, so it'll be very hard to connect it to. You know, it's, it might be hard to realize, but again, the hard part is realizing that it's easy. So if, if you change your consciousness, you easily see that there is no loss. Everything that you lose, you gain. You gain that same energy somewhere else, somehow else. And so everything is just kind of recycling constantly. Everything is going in and out of your life. But but that's a very, like, uh, you know, expanding consciousness expanded conscious way of looking at it yeah. if you zoom in more there is loss you know like if you lost you know so th there are some types of loss that definitely feel very real and kind of are but like when you lose your keys when you lose yeah your, your you know this morning i thought i lost my 
ear pod charger and I kind of freaked out for a little while, but then I like, I was looking for it. Then I like stopped, you know, and like gathered my thoughts because I was already like in my mind, like going to a reality of I got to go to the Apple store and buy a new pair. And you know, I was already like facing the fact that it might be lost, gone forever and I got to buy a new one. And then I don't know, I just kind of let my brain like change, shift gears. And then I just like thought of a different place to look and I found it, you know? So, but like loss of a parent, I haven't experienced that. Both of my parents are here. So I can't really speak on what that is like. I've lost people like that have died and I've lost physical objects. I've, I've lost all kinds of things, but I have not lost myself. I'm still here, you know? Yeah. And all I've done in terms of myself is gain, gain new perspectives, new understandings, new levels you know so yeah speaking of uh lost friends uh i, I have a, a funeral coming up this week for uh, a friend of mine that just passed away about a week ago and this is a guy i've known for you know almost 20 years and uh he fell victim to his own uh addictions you know smoking crack uh doing fentanyl whether he knew he was doing it or not that's you know what took him down yeah but like my initial reaction was just like you know I felt sorrow and I'm and I like he's a young guy and he always had a lot of life in him and that's how I'm going to choose to remember him to honor his memory is like he always had something he always had a quick joke or something funny to say or something completely ridiculous or something he would do something that would be like the cops are coming and yeah <laughs> and it's like that's how i want to remember him is like that element of chaos and and you know he i was he was somebody who i was truly fond of uh, my buddy jim aka molly and he had that nickname you know, as the drug uh, started to come out back, yeah. in, back in the day. Well, rest in peace, Jim, a.k.a. Molly. Yep. And may you reemerge in some different way. Yep. Your form will be reborn into one form or another. Yeah. It's like if you take an eyedropper and you stick it in the ocean and you squeeze a little bulb and then you pull it out and you got an eyedropper full of ocean water can keep it in the eyedropper for 20, 30, 60, 70 years, and then you just go like this and put it back in the ocean. It's not in the eyedropper anymore, but it's back in the ocean, the source where it came from. Yeah. And so Word. now if you take another eyedropper and you put it in the ocean and you fill it up, you might that eyedropper might contain one sixteenth of something that was previously in a different eyedropper, you know? Yeah. But the ocean itself is the source I think everything is an analogy. That's how I look at basically sure. everything in life. Everything is an, an analogy or like a metaphor or whatever. So if there's like something you don't understand, you just got to equate it to something that you do. And then once you do that, you'll like unlock a, a new understanding. Yeah. And uh, I try to do that all the time when I self-educate. Like I take on subjects that are way beyond my comprehension level of like, like education level. Like... I'll watch PBS Space Time and learn about fucking dark matter and black holes 
And then when I finished watching this video that explains things very perfectly, I'm like, I still have no idea. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, that's okay. It's, it's like, I'm not, it's like I, I have the desire to acquire knowledge. And yeah. whether I get it or not. Even if it doesn't work. It just may not work right now. Yeah, yeah. So when you're, when you're trying to take on something, it's, it, you may be able to take it on right now. Yeah. And if you're not getting it, don't get frustrated. I don't know why I got into this, but it's it's something that, you know, whether it's time now or time later, you can either feel that loss or accept that the loss was never there, you know? Yeah. You can do whatever you want. How you look at life is up to you. It really is uh, this big blank canvas, you know? From the artist. Mm -hmm. And here we are. You're 40 plus now, right? No, I haven't hit 40 yet. I'm 38. 38, okay. Still young, baby. Yeah, yeah. Starting to look older with this beard, though. Yeah, that's what's <laughs> me up. Well, yeah, keep going. Not that anything particular happens at 40, but whatever. Maybe something <laughs> does kind of, you know, 40 is just another marking point. Yeah, a measurement. Huh? A measurement. Yeah, yeah, it's just a measurement, a unit of measurement, but it's a convenient one. Because some things do shift around 40, I think. But for me personally, I just feel like every year is like, uh, like I've got the, the vigor and the youth that I always had in my youth, you know? That's what keeps me young. My big journey this year is uh, healing, physical healing, and probably emotional healing as well, because, you know, the two go hand in hand with each other. Yeah. I've been dealing with this low back pain for way too long, and I'm tired of it. it. It grinds me down. It like makes me melancholy, and or I I become melancholy when I experience it. Yeah. I can't say anything makes me feel a certain way. It's just how I choose to feel, and within the circumstance. I feel you on that, man. Lower back pain's no joke. I've had a lot of sciatica type pain. Uh, I'm good now though I've been good for a little while but yeah any kind of pain could definitely snap you out of how you want to feel yeah that's that's my my journey and yeah. uh, anyone who's been watching the channel for a while knows that I'm uh, you know struggling with my my issues you tried acupuncture before yeah I love it it doesn't last a long time though like it'll last for a few hours yeah. Same thing with chiropractor, you know, physical therapy has been moderately more helpful. And I've been doing my own physical therapy here at home and incremental. Yeah. You know, many bricks make the pyramid. Yeah. There's an Instagram account that I follow called Stretching Guru. And it's just like all these cool videos of stretches to do. Send me that. Yeah. Yeah, I totally will. I send all my friends that have like ailments. I send them beneficial Instagram pages. I follow a lot. Follow a lot of like health and wellness pages. You know, Doctor Sebi's grandson. You know, Doctor Sebi. No. Doctor Sebi was a natural doctor who. Um, he cured AIDS and cancer <coughs> um, naturally, <coughs> and he is from Honduras. He lived in New York for a while, 
and that's where he was practicing for a while and um to make sure everything's still going dr sebi yeah dr sebi so he um he's from honduras he lived in new york he, he used to place these ads in the village voice newspaper in new york saying that he can cure aids and cancer and herpes and diabetes and different things and um then he got sued like a class action suit or something they sued him saying that he was making false claims and then he went all the way to the supreme court and he won because in his trial he had as witness like 20 something people that spoke on his behalf that said like yeah i had aids and he cured me i had cancer and he cured me but anyways, everything he did was natural. It was all just through food. Yeah. He would kind of like uh, write you a prescription for certain foods to eat. And it was like a lot of exotic foods, a lot of stuff that he would get from Honduras and whatnot. So a lot of stuff that you can't necessarily find at Publix. But I don't know. I'm not really super qualified to speak on him, but he is a... A fairly famous representative of the whole like holistic community and the idea that you know you can heal yourself of anything and you don't really need Western medicine to do it. Yeah, pub subs. You're in control, basically. Again, you know, pub subs. <laughs> yeah. I said public subs. Made you think of that? <laughs> I go for a pub sub. Fucking every time Gift makes a hypothetical on the show, it's always having to do with like. Publix for some reason. Like, he's always got beef with Publix. Or he's robbing Publix. Or <laughs> he's doing A, B, and C to Publix. And, uh, I don't know. That's a real Florida thing. See, they're really entrenched in our subconscious. It is. Because they're everywhere. I grew up with a Winn-Dixie. Yeah. In Key Largo. Okay. So, like, I didn't get exposed to the greater Publix nation until later in life. Yeah. And then I was like, Fuck Win Dixie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, when Dixies are not really around much these days. There's maybe one in Dade County. Yeah. Maybe two. Yeah, I'm a disciple of Publix also. I'm also big on Walmart. I like Walmart. And I worked for them at their world headquarters. I did an internship at their corporate office. Huh. The summer between my junior and senior year. I lived in Bentonville, Arkansas, and I worked at their corporate office. Not not one of the stores, but their corp, their their headquarters, their office building. So it, it was suit, an internship. Suit and tie? What's that? Suit and tie. Yeah, yeah, I wore a, I wore a suit and tie every day, um, and I was nineteen, I guess, and I got paid. It was a paid internship. I got paid like four fifty a week in in like nineteen ninety nine. It was pretty good. Yeah. And I flew on private jets. What? Yeah. Walmart has, you know, a whole uh, inventory of private jets. They fly their people all over. But so I lived in Arkansas for a whole summer. And I was an intern. But that's the thing is they treat their interns like regular employees. So they pay them. And they expect them to do like employee type work, you know. So I had to go into work every day at like five, I think, or six. And, um, you know, worked, like really worked. And then, and I was like on a team, you know, like, mm -hmm. so it was, 
it was me and like three other dudes that were like full-fledged adult guys, you know? But as part of our work, we had to take the private jet to Milwaukee one day and we took the private jet to Miami one day and, you know, did things like that. Sick. Yeah, little known fact about me. Yeah. And they cut me in on the stock option plan. All this as a summer intern. Shit. That's all it was, summer internship. I wasn't anything like truly special. I was just another one. All the interns got those perks. All the interns got paid, stock options, all that. So I got a whole bunch of stock. I sold it later in life. Like when I was 25 or something, I was broke and I sold all the stock I had just as like an emergency cash out. But then later, later in life, like in the last few years, I started buying stock myself because I discovered you could buy stock on Cash App. Did you know that? Yeah. You could buy Bitcoin, you could buy stock. Now you can do that on Venmo too, I think, probably PayPal. Basically every money app is now like a full-fledged like... Digital trader. Yeah, it's like a whole financial service, you know, all in one app. But so I buy a lot of Walmart and that's like one of my highest performing stocks. Hmm. Every once in a while they pay a dividend, yeah, you know, and that's like real cash. That's deposited right into your cash app. It's mm -hmm. real cash. From manifestation to invest, <laughs> I almost said investigation, uh, to proliferation. Proliferation I of my estimations, of my investing inclinations, my investing inclinations. Oh man, this has been fun, man. I, I, very, fun. very glad to have you. Yeah, it's good to be here, man. It's good to be here. It was a good day. It was kind of a laid back day. I did this mural. I walked a lot. I took the bus. I woke up at my friend's house in Boca. I walked like a mile and a half, got some coffee. Walked another half a mile, got on the bus, transferred, took another bus, went to another Dunkin' Donuts for more coffee. Yeah. Walked over to my parents' house, borrowed their car. Your parents were in Boca? No, they're in um, Coral Springs. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I drove to Fort Lauderdale, bought some paint, did this mural, drank a bunch of Kratom tea. Crashed for a little while off the Kratom. I was like, oh, I feel horrible. And then I somehow worked through it. I don't know. But I felt like crap for like 20 minutes. I was like, I think I need to eat. And I had two slices of pizza that were not that good, but I think it helped. And so. Real quick, off, off all the topics. I've been to New York a couple times. I've never had this mind-blowing pizza experience that every New Yorker says like, gotta go here, A, B, or C, that's where you get the pizza. Never, like, I've been to several of those places, never had that, that wow moment. Neither have I, really. Really? Like, I know, I know bad pizza when I see it, you right. know, I know bad pizza when I taste it, but anything that's not clearly bad, to me, just tastes like, like pizza should, basically, like, uh... I, you know, I live in New York full time. I still travel a lot, but I live in New York. I eat pizza fairly often, but there's a place called Joe's Pizza that, that everyone says is the, the spot in New York to get pizza, but I don't like it. I think, I seriously think they put sugar in their sauce. It's very sweet. And I like sweet things, but I don't like my pizza sweet. No. So, 
And I'm not the only one that thinks this way. Like, other people have said, like, yeah, you know, it's too sweet. But there's a place called La Industry Pizza, which is in my neighborhood in Brooklyn, which is pretty amazing. And then actually here in Florida, two nights ago, or maybe it was last night, I went to Tucci's Pizza. Okay. T-U-C-C-I apostrophe S, Tucci's. And I have a mural there, so this is also a mural plug. But a friend of mine works there, and he said, we're opening a new location. I want to introduce you to the boss, see if you can do a mural. So I met his boss. I did a mural there. They opened up the brand new location, and then two nights ago, or maybe it was last night, we, uh, it was last night. It all blends together. Yeah, it's all just life. But I went there, and I had the pizza, and it was really good. It was really good. I had some with, like, meatball on it. Plus, they kind of char the crust. That's like a whole thing. A little bit of crunch. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, but, uh. Yeah, pizza in New York, you just got to try them all and find out what you like individually. I guess. You know? I'm due for another trip up there. But I don't know if I want to go in the snow. Yeah, maybe wait like wait like two months and then come holler at your boy. Just stay on my couch. Fuck yeah. You know, it's not alligator, but it's a couch. All right. But yeah, yeah come, you, up, come you, to Brooklyn. You've actually crashed on the alligator couch. I have. Before it was a podcast, before it became a show. I've been expanding doing more stuff with this channel, not just doing the podcast anymore, but doing like my stand-up, uh, my improv uh, shows that I should have had another one tonight, but I was just like, today's a day for me, you know, take it, take it on my own. And a little bit of vlog. Uh, I did my, my trip to Puerto Rico with my sister and my niece. I did like a, a bunch of vignettes of different aspects of my trip in Puerto Rico. That's cool. So, more stuff coming out. Mm, you go to Puerto Rico often, right? I've been there three times. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's starting to outweigh my love for Hawaii because it's much closer. And, yeah. you know, but Hawaii is, is gorgeous and I definitely have more to do when I, if, if and when I get back out there. But I love Puerto Rico. Very accessible to me. Yeah. I want to go. I've never been. You don't need a passport. True. But I have one. I said I'm going to Costa Rica next week. Nice. Yeah. I've never been there. What are you doing in Costa? Um, nothing really. Just me and my girlfriend are going. It's just kind of a vacation for fun. Neither of us have ever been there. So our agenda is just like have fun. Do, I guess touristy things you know uh, I really don't I told her I don't really care what we do as long as we're on the beach I mean I guess there's like rainforest hikes you can do and like yeah. things where you can meet monkeys and sloths and, and ocelots yeah. and what ocelots ocelots what's little, that little jungle cats okay they're uh, highly affectionate but yeah. they are they are wild okay <laughs> Yeah, so I guess Speaking we'll do all the wild, things. The things you do in Costa Rica. There's a possum right over there. You heard you talking? Yeah. He said, oh, I thought you said possum. Come on over here, buddy. You said ocelots. If you want. If they come over to you. Oh, yeah. If you, Here's how you know if an animal has rabies. If they come up to you without fear, they have rabies. Like, that's how they got it. Yeah, well, that's, like, how the virus, like... It, it, it oh, transfers. Right. It, like, it, it, it squashes it, their fear a bit? Yeah, a lot. Yeah. So, 
like as long as this possum comes over and he shows fear, he's good. But if he's fearless completely, yeah, stay away. Okay. He's he's over there digging up shit. Have you been eating my pineapples, you little fucker? Do you have pineapples that grow out here? Right over there. Okay, I don't have my contacts in. They're uh those like the ones that are low and like look kind of sprouty. Oh yeah. It's my pineapple plants. That's really cool. Oh uh, yeah. One of the great things about living in Florida is all the Floridian animals. Yes, and foliage and whatnot. You need to get a mango tree, or do you have one? This is avocado tree. This big yeah. one. Uh, these are all red bananas over here. Uh, there's a, a new red banana popping up right there. It's a little clone. Clone. Yeah. Clone. That's uh, that's how bananas. Uh, like bananas used to have big seeds, right? But since they also produce clones, we've bred banana trees to not have big seeds anymore because we grow their clones and they haven't had they don't have to develop energy into producing seeds. The more you know. Yeah. I know a lot about a little and a little about a lot. The more you know, the less you know. What's this little guy doing? He does not care that we're here. He's like, this is my backyard. He's young, too. Young possum. Free my boy, young possum. He looked right at you. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I know if I stand up, he's going to bounce. But I want to get him on camera. girlfriend used to feed him outside of her window. Like feed him what? Cat food. Yeah. <laughs> she had cats, but the cats and the possums all got along and like she would just have a window like that with like bars on it. Yeah. And she would just raise the window up, put out a little dish. Cats would go in and out of the house. The possums would go in and out of the house. That's crazy. Yeah, she's she's a weird one, but you know, I like them weird witchy types. You like them weird witchy types? Yeah. This is the weird witchy one that is now with, what's his name? I told you I ran into him, and you were like... Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. She's good people. Yeah. I'm going to take a bathroom break. Right on. If you want, uh, plug some stuff again. All right, now that Casey's gone. Should I plug my phone? Plug my phone in. Bunch of wrong numbered text messages. I get that a lot.
When are you gonna get uh, hoodies? Um, I don't know, but I should. Your comfort zone will kill you, hoodies? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Only have like a certain season, you know? I do need to do that. I'm grateful for hip hop, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's on the agenda. My shirt's, uh, my shirt's got a lot of miles. Yeah. I have oh, I like, you. I have four of your shirts. Yeah. I think one of them I bought for Kip. And he left it here, so I'm like, well, he's not wearing it, so I'll wear it. It's mine now. It's, I bought it. <laughs> yeah, no, I gotta do hoodies, man, for sure. Because I think I have this in black and white, and same thing with the great pull for hip hop. I have them in black and white. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely gotta do hoodies. Because, um, you know. Now that I live in a place with seasons, I see you can't just wear a t-shirt throughout the whole year, you yeah, know? You can't promote in a shirt when it's cold out. Yeah. <sighs> so what else is new? Uh, covered most of my bases. Uh, still want to get that truck. Uh, no. No romance in my life, which is actually I'm cool with. Like every time people are asking me, like, "Oh, you got a girlfriend?" I'm like, "No." And they're like, "Do you want one?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, man. You gotta know. No, it's like, like you do know. I'm I'm comfortable loving myself, being being with myself, and there are moments of loneliness, but like. That's that happens even when you're with a partner. Yeah. So it's not like that thing gets eliminated. Yeah, and loneliness is not that bad either. And I've experienced it. And like you can't really tell that to someone that's in the throes of their loneliness. It's only something you realize more retrospectively. But I've dealt with some pretty harsh feelings of loneliness. Yeah. It certainly didn't feel good at the time. But right now, the way I am right now, looking back. It's like, I feel like if loneliness is your biggest problem, you got a pretty good life, you know? And especially if you understand how the loneliness comes and goes. If you see that you're stuck in, like, lifelong loneliness, then maybe you want to get are, something checked out, there, you know? There are some steps that need to be taken. Yeah. But once you see that something that can kind of come and go, you, you have your power back, you know? Yeah. I think that goes back to the, like... You, you're offering that into your life and into uh, not only do you manifest that like I'm so lonely you also get those payoffs of like I get to be the lonely person I'll always be lonely I'll never have a, a significant other it's like yeah. with that attitude you're correct yeah <laughs> yeah we're always right about the things that we say like mm -hmm. about ourselves because just the act of saying it makes it more true so, watch what you say, you know? I've been telling my friends, like, every time they say, like, oh, I can't, I'm broke, I'm like, no, you're not. I don't, I don't have broke friends. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, you can say, you're without funds, but you are not broke, because yeah. that word has other, like, connotations to it. Like, saying that you're broke doesn't just mean you don't have money. It means you view yourself as broken. And yeah. I'm not gonna hang out with you if that's how you hang out because that shit's gonna rub off on me. I don't want that shit. Yeah. 
I had a period in my life where I hung out with a lot of people that constantly said I'm broke. Like that was just like the thing to say. Especially like if we were sitting around, we were talking and then maybe maybe the conversation runs dry or something. One of them would be like, man, I'm so broke, you know? And it was just like this default thing they would return to. And it's interesting because now just the way we're talking about it, it's reminding me like, oh yeah, I haven't like said I'm broke in many years or even heard anyone say that same thing with same, many years same thing with sorry and people know that about me that i don't say sorry because I, I will not assign that to myself yeah like i'll apologize i will make apologies i can be wrong i'm not saying that i am always right i'm saying that i will not title myself as sorry yeah no that's smart you're a man that knows himself yeah the way we speak is vital, you know? The words we choose, all that. That's why they say a wise man speaks less than a fool, you know? It's like, since speaking is so important, maybe you don't do a lot of it, you know? Like, because you kind of water down the importance of it if you're constantly talking. And it's funny that I have a show where I like to talk. Yeah. The the, the irony of that in my life is that I'm always interrupted by people that, you know, are around me, whether they're people that I care about or care about me, you know, it, it varies. But I notice the, mo the most important relationships I have are the people who listen. Yeah. And I count you among those. Thank you, man. It's not easy to listen. I, th I feel like... I don't know if I'm the greatest listener, but there are times when I am, it, it depends on who's talking, you know? Like, some people are hard to listen to. And need know? to be interrupted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like, when I'm around someone and I find it easy for me to listen, then obviously there's just like a vibe chemistry, you know? Like, okay, this person makes it easy for me to listen. And, and vice versa and then that's when you know like okay that's a good connection yeah but yeah some people it's hard to listen to what they're saying and then you gotta ask yourself am I a hard to listen to kind of person like am I saying the kind of things that someone can connect to and like listen to or am I just like yapping it's it's remarkable when I like take a step back because I used to it used to anger me a lot and I used to be like why the fuck do people think I'm less important? And it's it's really not about that. It's like those people also have a need to feel important and feel heard, but it overwrites like their their need to listen and yeah. to like what whatever it is. Like I think a lot of people have an upbringing where their voice never meant a lot. So that's like as adults, they like anytime they can get in get in a word edgewise, they will. Yeah. And I notice that, like, I see it because I work behind bars all the time. It's like, I can say one thing and it'll spawn four conversations. And I can just be, like, doing work while people are talking. Yeah. And I'm like, and people, I'll wait for the point in the conversation. It'll always happen. It's like, how did we get started talking about this? I'm like, that was me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the guy who hasn't said a word in, like, five minutes. <laughs> just plant that seed. <laughs> yeah, man. Conversational dynamics. It's uh, an interesting field, you know? Yeah. 
especially, yeah, seeing it from that point of view, like the service industry and your interaction with customers and things, you know. I went to this place, Granger's in Delray, you know that spot? The, like the, it's like a farm store or like a equipment store? No, it's a restaurant. It's like a down home, down south kind of restaurant slash bar. But I went there a few days ago and I just, I sat at the bar and I just ordered a beer and then I just said to the girl like, you know, I used to come here when it was the old location yeah. up the street. And I could tell she had no idea what I was talking about. Like probably didn't even know that there was an old location or anything. And so she just kind of like smiled at me and didn't really say much. <laughs> but then a few minutes after that, I'm like, man, I'm that guy now. Cause I've, you know what I mean? Like I've been on her side and it's like, it's kind of like, all right, why are you telling me you went to the old location? Like, I don't really care. You know, like it's some badge of honor, but that's what I'm saying. Like I looked at myself, I'm like, she doesn't care. What what kind of conversation are you making here? You're just telling her, I went to the old location. Like, all right, I don't know. My phone number was five. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, these are the things to be safe. Oh, they're yeah. just looking to say stuff. Yeah. And I noticed I, I've uh, I used to you know uh, brag about that quite a bit, especially like being in the Kava Kratom scene for a long time. It's like uh, I've, I've I've been saying it much less as I've been getting up in the years. I'm like I kind of just want to you know speak with knowledge and have people make their own assumptions. Yeah. Like oh man, you know I know a lot. I'm like doing this for a little while you know I just I minimize it but I also like it's like you don't have to brag yeah yeah you, you, I, you know your work that's true people, people are going to see you according to their little assumptions and stuff so just be yourself as much or as little of yourself as you really want to put out other times I get real bombastic and I'll just fucking go in like <laughs> I've been doing this so long you were nothing but a fucking psycho when I started doing this. Yeah. Just to just to fuck with people and lighten the mood, but that's what you know. Being an entertainer, it's like you gotta pick your moments. Yeah. A lot of times, like when people ask me how long you've been growing your beard or when did you start growing your beard, I was like, I was six months old when I started growing. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Lately, that's been my answer. My my parents didn't know what to do with me. Yeah. I started at six months of age. I cracked my first beer at seven months. Yeah. It was a hard life. I did the Benjamin Button routine. You know? I went backwards. I love it. I think we've put a nice little uh, end on this episode. Another episode in the can. Yeah. And uh, I'll get this up there and now you and I can just hang out and have the same conversations we've been having just without a camera. Yeah. <laughs> now we can talk negatively about this camera. <laughs> Piece of shit. <laughs> Thank you, camera. Thank you, phone, for recording this and uh, starting this journey of podcasting and adventures and having friends and fun conversations. Yeah, man. Yeah. I like it. I, I sometimes think about starting my own podcast. I, I just, would love that. I wonder what the spin would be you know like I don't know what would be the approach what would be the angle 
Not that it needs to be too much of a spin, like a gimmick, no. but it needs to be something. No, and like people always ask me that, like, what is my podcast about? I'm like, my podcast is about talking shit. Yeah, you know, like talking like shit. all podcasts are. It's mm-hmm. like there is no one thing that I'm about. It's like I have the freedom and the broad range to talk about whatever I want. Yeah. And for you, I would just throw this out there just as like a starting thing, or maybe it maybe it just it grows into whatever it becomes, and just say, you know, how has hip hop influenced an aspect of your life or your life in general, and talk about who you like, why you like them, and you know, go into like the, the behavioral side of that, like yeah, this person makes me think of being successful. This person makes me think of having being in flow or rhythm or like being dynamic. Like you can do anything you want with hip hop. Yeah, and it could take you to other conversational uh, alleys and stuff. Yeah, I, I also think it'd be cool. If maybe like I like to talk about serendipity. You know, I like to talk about serendipitous moments and occurrences. So I think that might be cool. Like maybe start a con- Maybe that's it. Just like every podcast starts with like, okay, tell me the last serendipitous thing that happened to you. That's fucking dope. You know, and it, it, it starts from there. That could branch out infinitely. When I went to Two Cheese Pizza last night with my friend Stevie D, he works there. So, you know, I'm like, I trust you, bro. If you want to just order whatever, we'll split it, you know? He's like, okay, cool. I'm like, maybe we'll get a pizza and an appetizer. He's like, all right. So then he ordered, and then the waiter brought uh, a pizza and an order of escarole and beans. But right before the waiter came over, I just um, shot a little video of the menu and like me pointing at the menu, and I sent that video to my girlfriend just to kind of show her like I'm at Tucci's Pizza, we're about to eat. So I sent her the menu, and then she wrote back, "Ooh, if I was there, I would get the escarole and beans." And I was like, actually, that's what we ordered. And she's like, really? And then like a half hour after that, my friend Stevie pulled out his phone and just opened up Facebook. And the very first post was his sister posting a picture of some escrow and beans that she just made. So he showed me that. He's like, look at this, bro. I just opened my phone and the first thing I see, escrow and beans, my sister made it. And I was like, Bro, you know what happened? I just sent my girlfriend the menu and she said I would order. So it was like serendipity on top of serendipity, overlapping serendipity, my personal serendipity, his personal serendipity, our joint serendipity. So yeah, I like serendipity. Yes. You know? I'm and please explain to me, what is escarole and beans? <laughs> uh, it's, like, it's like a leafy vegetable kind of. Um, but it's cooked. Oh. So this like escarole and beans is like a almost like a spinach, you know, like a, mm. a leafy green cook with beans. It's good. It's an Italian thing. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah. Escarole. So, escarole and beans. Escarole serendipities. But yeah, I like to find serendipitous uh, moments every day, if possible. You know, I think there is one every day. You need to find it. Yeah. One of mine is feeding this cat. Feed your cat, homie. She's up there by her food bowl. She's 
usually very vocal that I guess she hears us talk. parts of the street but you know she goes everywhere yeah I let her walk through a house every once in a while a little tasty inside yeah. yeah she tries to go inside she she used to hang out across the street at the neighbor's place all the time yeah but they moved so I guess I'm the primary primary guardian for the cat now the caretaker feline caretaker, senior VP of feline care. That's your new title. Yes. Galactic cat care. Uh-huh. How do you feel about all of our space friends? Um, I'm very intrigued. I'm very open to that whole rabbit hole, man. I'd be going down those YouTube rabbit holes. I'm very intrigued, man. I think I think there are aliens. I think that a lot of what we see is also government vehicles, too. Yeah. I think that there are aliens. I think they could be from another planet, but they could also be from another time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think there's a lot to be said about the idea that what we see as aliens could be just the future us. Mm -hmm. You know, if we proceed on this path where we keep exploring space and now we're getting to like space tourism and things like that and we're going to the moon or whatever and we're continually destroying this planet, I think that we evolve to some point where, where we become what we currently consider aliens, you yeah. know? That, that I think it's like I'm, I'm intrigued by all of it and then like the USOs the un unidentified submergible objects that whole idea I've seen plenty of videos of like UFOs flying into the water flying out of the water I mean all these rabbit holes lead to different other rabbit holes like the hollow earth theory yeah and the idea that like there's like a portal into the inside of the earth in Antarctica and that's yep. why it's a no-fly zone and I kind of believe some of that stuff. Like Some of it has, like, there's got to be some truth to it, but I don't know if it's, like, what's being presented. I think a lot of times with the truth, like, the real hardcore truth, I think sometimes what they do is they kind of put out stuff that sounds crazy and couple that with the truth in order to make the truth sound crazy. You know what I mean? Like... I think there are a lot of, you know, like in the world of conspiracy theory, I think that there's lots of real truth, but I think that it's part of the design to like flood the truth with stuff that's really ridiculous, <coughs> and then it, it becomes hard to figure out what's what, 
what's ridiculous, what's reasonable, what's the truth, etc. But, you know, unfortunately, that's how it goes a lot of times. Like, really ridiculous stuff. Like, do you know about the, the birds aren't real guy? Oh, yeah. Right? So, you know, what he's saying is that no birds are real. Any bird you see, that's not real. What he's saying is that the government created, like, a bird genocide and, like, literally killed every single bird in the world and replaced it with, like, drones. So, of course, I don't believe that. But do I believe that the government ever experimented with creating drones that look like birds? Sure. Yeah, 100%. There's footage of that. But that's what I'm saying. So that's the truth. And he took that truth and took it to a ridiculous extent. And now it discredits the whole truth. Yeah. But, like, has the government ever made, like, a, a bird that's a robot? Like, yes. They do that with dragonflies, too. Mm -hmm. You know? But... I don't believe that they committed a, a, a bird genocide and killed every single bird ever. I mean, there's modern day, there's bird hunters. When they shoot a bird, do like microchips and wires come out of that bird? Or yeah, like absolutely. Blood, you know? <laughs> so, but yeah, I think that's a good example. Like, I was just talking about that the other day, I think with my girlfriend, but uh, yeah. The truth is out there, but you gotta pull away the shit that was intentionally wrapped around it. Yeah. You know? Just like the old X-Files. I want to believe. Yeah. That's what it is, But man. people make it hard with all the bullshit they put next to it. Mm -hmm. But I'm intrigued by all that shit. And the flight down here, I was looking out the window looking for UAPs, you know? Because evidently there's some new footage Joe Rogan was talking about. It's some girl that's like an Instagram model coincidentally or whatever that's her thing but a girl, an Instagram model or, or maybe just a model like a real model was on a plane and just pointed out her phone out the window and caught footage like very um, high realistic res. yeah high res good footage of like a, a UFO zooming by and then they slowed it up like it's good footage but it's going fast so that if you watch the slowed up version you do see like a straight up like flying saucer looking object in the daytime sky, you know, filmed from a plane by a regular person, you know? Mm. So I don't know. But yeah, I, I think this is gonna be a, a crazy year. And crazy is just a lazy word to say like a yeah. bunch of other adjectives. I don't even know, you know what I mean? Like it's gonna be intriguing, it's gonna be inter interesting, it's gonna be controversial, it's gonna be fucked up, it's gonna be, you know, this is just gonna be a weird year. It's an election year. It's just a lot going on. Well, I welcome all of the, the weirdness. Yeah. And uh, I'll keep bringing you this show as long as I got breath in my body. Maybe you'll have an alien as a guest. I would love that. Yeah. I what, love... what do you think about the Miami aliens? I'm sure you heard about that. The eight-foot aliens at Bayside? I heard about it, but I did not. Like, I guess there's no footage. Is, is there footage? Uh, no. Like, short answer is no. There's really no, like, actual footage taken inside Bayside or whatever. But there's one particular clip that was like an aerial shot that I guess the helicopters are shooting or whatever. So there's this clip uh, that, that people are saying this clip shows like an eight-foot shadow being. That's kind of more accurately how it's been described, too, that it's not aliens it's it's shadow beings 
well, whatever. But so there's a clip. I've had my own see, experience with. You see more like of those. A, a movement of a big shadow. Like you do see something, but it can probably be explained in so many logical ways. The the police actually broke it down. The, the one of the main police guys in Miami said like. And this footage right here, this is simply a person walking. Yeah. But the shadow, you know, sometimes your shadow does look eight feet, you know? Yeah, or bigger. It's just, it yeah. Depends on <clears throat> perspective. But it was kind of interesting that they had, like, every single cop car out. I don't know. I don't know what really happened there. But, and, and, and that's just one. There was also this, like, a few months ago, this report about, like, aliens that landed in someone's backyard in Las Vegas. Did you hear I saw that. that? Yeah, I, I, I went through and went down that rabbit hole, and I was yeah. like, all right, um, show me, you know. I'm, yeah. I'm still waiting to be shown, uh, not told. But wasn't there something where, like, the family kind of went missing afterwards? That I don't think so, because, like, there was body cam footage from the cops, yeah. and there was, you know, people's uh, cell footage, and everything was, like, you know, overlapped and... yeah. But they were, the, the cop was just saying, like, uh, if this if these things come back, uh, you know, uh, call someone else. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. I just, I think that'll probably be the most interesting thing of this year. I think we're going to see a lot. I think we're going to see a lot unravel in terms of, like, aliens and, and things like that, you know? Yeah. The beings from other dimensions, different times, different realities, whatever. Yeah. I think that's what it is, man. I think the definition of alien is not so simple. Yeah. It's not like it's, what planet are they from? Yeah, it's whatever, not extraterrestrial. They're terrestrial, but they're just higher, lower dimension, out of time. You know, I watch a lot of Doctor Who, so. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's real. Science fiction is real. But we'll see. Yeah, this is going to be a very interesting year. It's still only January. A very interesting year. That's the title of this. And that's where we're going. Thank you guys for joining us on the alligator couch in the alligator yard. This is my alligator friend, Brenda Ryder. See you later, alligator. In a while. Crack Allig it out. Alligator. <laughs> <laughs>